0: Hello, my name is Matthew Philbrick, host of The Real Game, a podcast by coaches for coaches. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I did want to begin this episode with a brief disclaimer that while I was interviewing coach Scott, he was traveling through Kentucky and South Carolina. So the audio does cut in and out a couple times, but those instances are brief and I really think you're going to enjoy him and the topic of this episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of the real game. It's good to be back. Uh, I've been gone for a couple of weeks. you probably noticed I did not release an episode last week. We actually uh, had the privilege of hosting our league basketball tournament here at our school and it was crazy busy and I knew that that weekend I wouldn't really be able to get away to record an episode. So we missed a week but it was a great tournament. I had a great time. my team did well. Uh, we ended up actually winning the league championship. actually three of the three of our school teams, Three out of four won league championships at that tournament that we hosted, so it wasn't. Um, it was it was a great weekend to celebrate their wins and to enjoy a lot of basketball. We actually had 14 games played here in three days, uh, so it was a busy time. But I'm glad to be through that, and I'm glad to be back on here recording today. I have been really looking forward to this episode. Uh, I knew that I was going to have a special guest on here one of these weeks. You've probably heard me allude or talk about my college basketball coach in other episodes, and uh, I have the privilege of having him on here today, and that's Coach Denny Scott. How are you, Coach?
1: I'm doing well, man. and congratulations on the success of your teams and your league championships.
0: Hey, I appreciate that. We, uh, we had a good year. It wasn't without its challenges, but um, we were able to rise above that stuff and and win in spite of those things, so... I appreciate that. so tell me you're you're headed down to Myrtle Beach today. Uh, I'm not I'm not too jealous because I'm gonna be there in a couple of weeks, but you're heading down there to a golf tournament.
1: yeah, you know golf is uh, coaching golf is a part of my job right now. it's uh, I tell everybody all the time you know it's a tough job but somebody's got to do it so yeah, definitely. So, yeah, we're uh, playing in a tournament. Uh, Pfeiffer University is hosting tomorrow on Tuesday, 36-hole event, 18 holes each day. So we're looking forward to it. should have a chance to win. I might be a dozen teams or more there.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, the best of luck to you guys in your tournament. Um, I just – I got to say probably some of my best memories of playing basketball come uh, playing for you. And, and I was trying to think today through – if I have to be honest, I don't remember a lot of the playing part. Like, you know, those memories have kind of faded there. there There's some games here and there that stand out in my mind. Um, a few practices that stand out in my mind, probably for the wrong reasons, maybe because of the way we performed in a game before that. Uh, but, (laughs) but I do, I do remember a lot of the things that we did together, you know, some of the trips we took, some of the ministry things that we were able to do together. Um, that was a great time in my life. And, and, uh, and I really appreciate your your involvement, your input and your mentoring for me throughout those years. But uh, I'm interested in you, Coach, telling us a little bit about your coaching journey, even maybe before you started coaching at Northland and kind of how that's brought you to where you're at now.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. I really uh, I, I love the terminology in your question using the word journey. Uh, that's an important part of coaching. And, uh, you know, really the, the word coach in the english language um when it's first used was talking about a journey you know you're talking about you know uh, the the coach uh, cinderella road to the ball you know that that was a coach there were coach men that were you know uh, uh, waiting on her and then the old western days of our country the stage coach uh, it was uh you know that it, it was about taking some cargo some val- valuable cargo to a certain destination. And uh, it was such an, a valuable cargo in the stagecoach days of, of our country that uh, people wrote shotgun and had to, you know, those people that might have been, you know, robbed, trying to rob the stagecoach. But that's really what the word coach is. It's about a right. journey, it's about taking people on a journey. My journey started when I was about 12 years old, actually, because I read a book uh, by a well known coach that everybody knows, uh, passed away a few years back, uh, John Wooden. And the name of the book was They Call Me Coach. Yep. And, I think I had to read it for a book report when I was about 12, 13 years old, middle school age. Okay. And boy, that, that, that book really impacted me. I was just uh, drawn into the influence that John Wood had on the the success that they had and certainly fall late 60s, early seventies, 70s, mid seventies. 70s. Uh, yeah, I think they won 10 national championships in 12 years and, you know, at UCLA. And uh, I just, I just, Uh, was drawn to that uh, influence that he had on those guys. And, uh, and, and I think the emphasis of the journey is so crucial um, that even as a coach today, I'm trying to take these boys and turn them into men, take them on a journey to prepare them for leadership. And the tool is just, you know, whatever the sport is, that's the tool. But, you know, so my journey as a coach started about 12 years old and then I got into high school um, coaching, uh, uh, playing as an athlete, baseball, basketball, primarily, and then uh, golf got into uh, involved there. And then, I uh, went into college, played uh, four years of uh, college basketball, and then uh, I got right into coaching. And the reason why I uh, got a degree in education was because I wanted the opportunity to coach. And back then, um, the best opportunity you had to coach was you need to be have a teaching job. So I got a degree sure. in education, uh, taught mathematics and uh, Bible at the high school level, taught uh, physical education at the junior high, elementary level. And. And I eventually had the opportunity right away, first year out of college, to be a varsity basketball coach at a Christian school in Indiana.
0: Fantastic. Uh, that was at Heritage Hall Christian School, correct?
1: That's correct. Yeah, I was. I, I did my student teaching there, as a matter of fact, and then helped out with the basketball team during the time that I was student teaching there. And then they offered me a contract contract to go back there once I had completed uh, my, my bachelor's degree. And that was just a matter of months. And my wife and I got married, and that was our first... Uh, first ministry there
0: very good very good after your time at northland um when you were done coaching basketball how how much time went by before you started coaching the golf team there at bob jones
1: well there's a couple there were a couple of steps there even before northland on the journey that was really fascinating i i um I went to Bob Knight's Coaches academy. Being a coach in Indiana was was uh, fascinating, basketball wise. You know, Hoosiers, right. all that. Stuff. And uh, I, I I learned that I, I I needed to do it better, and I needed to learn more. I went to his academy. I went to the United States Sports Academy on a master's degree, and that's eventually what opened the door to Northland. Um, and then the years of Northland coaching basketball were just phenomenal memories as a young, you know, thirty-something basketball coach coaching college. It was really yeah. amazing, as you mentioned. There's so many. Great memories from that time. But I had always played golf from the time I was about 12 years old. My dad introduced me to the game, and I was just drawn to that as a personal, you know, uh goal of uh just getting better at the game. Played it through high school, um, uh, didn't play it in college at all, but played some amateur golf as a young basketball coach, teacher, just it was a hobby of mine, and uh kept up with it. And then when we got to Northland, Uh, In the later years there, um, we had the opportunity to start a golf team there. We had a golf team in Northland for 10 years. That's how I got started in the coaching of golf. But um, playing golf competitively, I started, you know, when I was in high school, for sure. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, you obviously have enjoyed a fair amount of success as a coach, whether it's as a basketball coach or as a golf coach. Was there ever a time um, in that process of growing as a coach where you wanted to quit because you weren't winning enough. And that sounds like a weird question, but as coaches, you know, our goal obviously is to win games or win matches, whatever. Was there ever a time when you just felt discouraged to the point where, Hey, we're just never winning here. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore.
1: Well, uh, I'm thankful that over 42 years of coaching, I never felt the pressure uh, wherever I was coaching, whatever organization I was coaching for with, uh, I never felt the pressure to have to win to keep my job. My job okay. security was not winning, so that was a blessing, yeah. actually. But uh, I remember that first year at Northland, and you were on that team. We only won, uh, I think, three games, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that very first year, 3-19, and 19, if I remember correctly.
0: Right, yeah. And,
1: and the next year, I think we we won nine games. Mm-hmm. And uh, the third year, we won, I think, 14 games and won the, the regional championship. Right. So it was really quite a journey to get to, uh, you know – to build the winning uh, aspect of the program. But um, I defined winning differently, even in those years, those early years, we were trying to lay the foundation because um, I'm thankful that I didn't have to win to keep my job at the same time. I think pursuing winning is is important. Uh, winning matters. Uh, I think the Bible teaches to us that, uh, no, you're not that they would run in a race, run all. But only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. So winning matters, and, and so we did emphasize the importance of winning, but also we defined it differently from from time to time.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you brought up you know the topic of winning matters. And I kind of when I when I when I sent you the questions to kind of prepare for this, the title I gave this episode was "Is Winning Everything," and uh, so that's kind of the theme of what we're going to talk about today. So as as you've coached a lot of athletes over the years, you've seen a lot of you know different reactions to winning and losing. And it's easy as an athlete, and I can speak from experience because I played a lot of basketball growing up and I'm coaching some great athletes now, but it's easy as an athlete to be all in when winning is taking place. How can a coach encourage young athletes to stick with the process even when they aren't experiencing a lot of success or if discouragement starts to set in?
1: Well, I think the key word there is success. And uh, again, going back to John Wood and how he defined success was not what the scoreboard said. It was, uh, if you're reaching your potential, um, it's a peace of mind that comes from you've done everything possible that you could do. And I'm always drawn to a quote that I learned, uh, in the early years when I was coaching at uh, heritage hall in Indiana, it was a co- coach coach. Uh, it was a quote from Bobby Knight actually. And, uh, he said, um, uh, after their 1976 uh, undefeated national championship team. Um, he said uh, the whole essence of athletics is to play against your potential. He said, if you do that, you don't have to look at the scoreboard to see who won. You just have to look inside yourself. And, you hmm. know, I, I learned a lot about basketball from Bobby Knight, but I learned also a little bit about life from him. And I wasn't a huge uh, Bobby Knight fan for some of the <laughs> questionable uh, Actions, behaviors that uh, he modeled or didn't model or whatever, yeah. but uh, what well, really stuck with me that uh, yeah, winning matters, but success is really reaching your full potential. And I think uh, defining winning in that way it helps you. I mean, I remember a game at Northland; we lost uh, University of Alaska Anchorage by seventy-nine points. That was a oh, point wow. difference, you know. But yet, in the locker room after that game, you know, the guys weren't discouraged at all. They felt like yeah, yeah, we need to improve. We weren't quite ready. I was starting a brand-new group of freshmen that year, or new, five new guys that had not started a game ever before, having graduated five starters from the previous season. So it was a bit of a challenge, and so we had to define winning differently. Did we maximize our potential? Did we minimize our mistakes? Did we execute our game plan, regardless of how talented the other team might have been? And we saw significant improvement, um, and, and I think that season actually ended with the most wins in the history of a Northland basketball team. I think we had 19 wins that year, 20, the next and 21, the next. So, wow, you know, it's awesome it time to build on that, but it was really, a, you know, the, the loss was probably one more memorable than any of those other wins, you know? Right.
0: Right. No, that's great. That's a great story. I appreciate you sharing that with us. And I can, I can, uh, I think relate a little bit to, and, and you're, you'll remember this as a player, there there were times when I wanted to give up and, and, Kind of go on to the next thing because I didn't know what you know my uh, the next season held for me or whatever. So I, I understand that that discouragement that can settle in as an athlete, but how important it is to have a coach in your life that gets the bigger picture, that understands that there's much more to winning than just a record or a score on a scoreboard. Um so I I you know appreciate your input in in my own life trying to. Remind me of those things and um, get me to reconsider maybe a decision that I might have made to not keep going.
1: Yeah, well, I know. I To finish up that story with Alaska Anchorage, We that was the very first year we got invited up there. I had met the head coach there at the final four one year at a coach's meeting and he invited us up. And, and uh, we went back again a few years later and we had set a goal that we're not going to let them score 100 points. <laughs> and yeah, we're going to try to score at least 60. Those were two goals that defined winning for us. Sure. And near that game, the score was 96 to uh, 59. And we had the basketball out of bounds with about 12 seconds to go. <laughs> and I called, I called the timeout. out. Yeah. And I said, guys, we're right on the verge of winning, you know. And I said, we got to get 60. We've held them under 100. Let's run this uh, such and such a play. Uh, we broke the timeout, and they were they were like, look at this. Why are you calling a timeout? You're down like 30-some points, you know? Right. But it meant something different to us. And long story short, at the end, uh, we shot up a shot, and it swished at the buzzer. We got 62 points, and our bench just erupted and yeah. dog called at the free-throw line. <laughs> and, and the uh, the Alaska Anchors team's looking at us like they're pointing at the scoreboard, and it's like, right. that doesn't matter to us, you know?
0: Right, like so, what in the world, right?
1: Exactly. And even the local newspaper, the Anchorage, uh, uh, reported something to that. This is a different group of guys that we're playing against. And and so it was really quite a testimony, I felt, in, in, in defining winning and what, what success was for us in that event. Final score is 96-62, and we met those two goals. Yet uh, there are other goals we had in the game, you know, limiting turnovers and percentage of rebounds and et cetera, et cetera.
0: Right, right. No, that's an, that's an awesome story. Um, listen, in today's culture, it's the culture that I'm coaching in now is obviously a lot different than the culture I played in uh, as a Absolutely. teenager and a young 20 s kind of guy. Um, do you think winning and i'm and I'm referring to like probably college age and below, uh, mostly high school kids. do you think in today's culture that winning and self-worth are intertwined?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of athletes in this in this culture, um, they almost uh, feel like their identity is is in winning, and and that's a sad thing to think about that their identity is tied to just winning.
0: Right. And
1: uh, and I think that's that's uh, that's something that that we as coaches have to help them with, especially as Christian coaches. So, you know, our identity is in Jesus Christ. It's not right. in. The outcome of a game whether that's basketball or golf you know it's just if your identity is only tied to your performance you're never going to be able to perform uh to be accepted or to you know to, to reach your level of self-worth I think that you know, there's a, there's just going to be bumps along the way there's there's adversity there's obstacles uh disappointment discouragement frustration you know those are all things that uh, we have to, as coaches are taking those kids on that journey to help them understand uh, about themselves and uh, the, who they are, um, uh, you know, inside, you know, as as Christians or even some that are maybe not Christians, but um,
0: mm-hmm. sure,
1: it's an important aspect of helping them realize their identity and ultimately, our identity is secure in Jesus Christ. We're accepted in the beloved, and and I think that's a very important part because culture places way too much of an emphasis on winning, and certainly only the winners have worse, you know?
0: Right, right. And this next question ties right into what, you know, the, the line that you're talking about. Vince Lombardi said, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. What would you say to young athletes or coaches who subscribe to this philosophy that winning's the only thing and maybe some of the things that they're potentially missing out on along the way in that process? Well,
1: when that quote is, and that's a very – famous familiar quote but when that quote is quoted uh, you have to understand that the definition of winning you know in that context was what the the outcome of the game the result and and I think you have to really encourage kids that uh, the outcome is not the, the true ultimate definition of winning it's the process it's the journey that we're taking them on and, and I think right. one of the things that you have with when, when you lose when, when the scoreboard says you're a loser is uh is resiliency you know just teaching these kids how to bounce back from a disappointing loss and maybe you play just a perfect game i know when, when we were at northland and coach phillips was our athletic director and he's the you know you you referred to him in a pre- previous uh, podcast uh, he shared with me a book called the quality of effort and um, in that book it's no longer in print by reggie morrow and i remember reading in that book for the first time there's such a thing as a loss, such a uh, thing as a a poorly played win, you know? and and so you know we played some perfect games, executed everything, and and the scoreboard said we were losers, and I didn't right. I didn't accept that loss. I have to help kids realize that you know there are you know if all you prepare your kids for is winning, like Lombardi was referring to, then they're gonna have to be really really lucky the rest of their lives. Uh, to to hopefully eke out a win every time they compete or it's just not reasonable to think that uh, winning is all that matters.
0: Right, right and that was actually my next question. Everyone wants to win. Uh, you know it would be ridiculous to say hey I'm a coach but, but winning isn't important to me because it, it is it's it's so important and that's what we strive for but even even you know I've, I've enjoyed a lot of success the last couple of years with my basketball team and but even in in the midst of that success there are losses and you have to deal with those losses and and learn from them how can coaches steer young athletes towards those valuable lessons in the midst of losing
1: yeah i did a workshop one time on lessons from losing and because you know you know you're gonna have to learn how to deal with losses and keep them in perspective and and uh, I think that, that's where you teach these kids resiliency. They, they have to learn how to bounce back. And life's like that. I mean, uh, the whole idea of competition um, in in the marketplace, in the business world, you better be prepared to compete or you will not su- succeed in business. And so, but you got to learn how to deal with setbacks. And we have a quote up in our golf center on campus. We have an indoor golf practice center. And it says, Uh, And the quote, adversity is the very essence of the game of golf. You're going to get on the golf course and there's going to be adverse conditions, maybe wind and rain. there are going to be hazards, obstacles, water, uh, sand traps, trees uh, that are going to have to be overcome. And I tell my guys all the time, you're not ultimately playing against that other person in your foursome, in your grouping, whatever. You're playing your game. Your potential against the conditions and the layout of the golf course today. And um, you know, it, you know, you're striving to just do your best against those circumstances and um, accept the result. And and I think that's where a lot of kids today are just unwilling to accept defeat, unwilling to accept uh, a loss. And there there's an element of unwillingness to to accept that wasn't my best, you know, that wasn't, my, I could do better. You know, those are good positive ways to reinforce losing is, right. you know, I, I I can do better and I'm going to get better and I'm going to embrace this as, Hey, I can, I can reach a better level of, of preparation, a better level of performance and maybe have a better outcome eventually.
0: Right. Right. And that's a good point. Um, there, there were, I think in the midst of losing, One of the lessons in some of them you touched on that are very important. One of the things that kind of sticks out in my mind is it it can help us be more prepared or learn how to be more prepared the next time around. Um, You know, sometimes you face an opponent that you have to be more prepared for the next time because maybe they caught you off guard this time or you didn't, you know, you didn't prepare adequately. So in a loss it teaches us to, hey, I need to do these things better next time.
1: Yeah, I was going back to John Wooden again. I have so many, I've read about every book he's ever, you know, put his name on, but um he said when when your opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare. So preparation is so key. And when you go right. through a loss, maybe we weren't really ready for that. And we need to learn how to get ready. And and certainly that's a great takeaway from a loss.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we want to push our athletes, you know, to to work hard to be prepared how do we how do we push them hard and make winning important but not so important to where we lose focus and it becomes the only thing
1: yeah I really focus on um you know improvements efforts um hey you need to give me more you've got more in you challenging them uh, about you know I know you can do better I know you can you know you can exceed what you think is your limit. That's part of coaching is, is you not only take them on a journey, but you take them farther than they thought they were capable of going. And uh, you've got to be able to put that challenge out there to say, "I, I know you can do better. I know you can go farther. And I'm here to take you there. And I'd love to take you on that journey and let's see where it takes us, you know, but right now it's about you getting better. You reaching your potential, you setting some, maybe short-term goals rather than the long-term goal at the end of the season. Uh, you know, I want to shoot this kind of kind of percentage from the free throw line. I want to have this kind of scoring average, so, you know, little short-term goals that uh, will eventually lead to the long-term goal that to get to where the ultimate destination is that where you want to be.
0: Right. Right. Well, that's a great point. And you've shared some, some great insight with us today. And as, as we wrap up, can I share a quick story with you? Um <laughs> I was kind of motivated by uh, something you used to say to us a lot in college. I think you were the one used to say frequently offense wins games, but defense wins championships. Am I correct in that?
1: Yeah, I've kind of tweaked that over the years, but certainly that was a quote that I picked up early in my coaching. Um, and I changed it a little bit off uh, defense will determine if you're going to win offense will determine by how much.
0: <laughs> okay, there you go. Well, that's very fitting then. So last weekend we had, like I said, in the beginning, our, our championship weekend here, and uh, we actually we actually had a, a a season. Our season was defined by injuries this year. So I lost my starting point guard, who was a thousand point scorer, to a torn ACL halfway through the year. So that was obviously a devastating blow to our team. And we went from averaging almost seventy points a game to you know dropping down in the fifties somewhere and having to come up with those other twenty two points somewhere. So I I've always I've always been a defensive minded coach, but that really helped me shift my momentum and my coaching emphasis midway through the year to. I, I, re, we, I really need to start coaching defense here because that's how we're going to start winning some of these games we're not we're no longer going to be able to put up 70 points a game. So we played uh, we played Westchester Christian school halfway through the year they beat us by eight points I think they were undefeated coming into the tournament. And as fate would have it, we ended up playing them in the championship game. They actually had the league MVP on their on their team. Uh, I was averaging twenty seven points a game, so we prepared for them. We prepared defensively. We ended up uh, shutting their MVP down. He only scored seven points that game. Um, and we ended up winning the game by eight points. So, and, and that, and I'm not saying any of this to give credit to myself, but just my my guys really bought into the. Hey, we got to play great defense to win this. And uh, you know, that's, that was one thing I learned from you. Defense is, is, is key. It's imperative. Um, and like you said, you need, you need the, you need the offense to determine by how much you're going to win, but it was definitely our defense that brought the championship home for us this year.
1: That's a great, great example. And, you know, I've been through those seasons I, right before we won our last regional championship, our point guard got hurt. Key key player, in the practice right before we left for the regional championship oh, no. and we ended up, without him still winning the regional championship, we had to tweak our game plan a little bit, but without him for us to win that championship, we won in the championship game uh, against the defending national champion, Grace Bible college from Grand Rapids at the time. Wow. And we beat three points having been down it by five at halftime. And it was yep. just amazing work, but the guys bought in, you use that phrase. They bought in to the changes we need to make. And the shot selection to have, and how important it is to play defense and take care of the basketball, limit the turnovers. And when they bought into that, they ended up having and made those adjustments. They ended up having a chance to win.
0: That's awesome. That's a great story. And um, it's uh, in the future, um, probably in a few weeks. I hope to have you back on the show again. And I, I think you listened to my episode with uh, Josh Beers. Hopefully you were able to, to listen to that episode. I did. I I told him at, at the time that we needed to get some of the old guys back on here and have you on here and just have an episode where, you know, we kind of reminisce about the good old days. So hopefully you're able to join us for that.
1: Oh, I'd love to. And one of my favorite pictures from a missions trip we took in those early years. And and the whole group of you guys are standing behind a pulpit in a, in, a, in a church in a foreign country. And to see where you all you guys are now impacting another generation of young people. It's a real blessing to me.
0: Well, I appreciate being on the show coach. Great luck in your tournament this weekend. I hope you guys do well.
1: All right. We'll uh, give it our best shot.
0: All right. Thanks coach.
1: All right. Thank you, man.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the real game. I'd like to leave you today with a quote by Vince Lombardi lombardi is considered by many to be the greatest coach in football history and he is recognized as one of the greatest coaches and leaders in the history of all american sports he is best known as the head coach of the green bay packers during the 1960s where he led the team to three straight and five total nfl championships the quote is this winning is not everything but making the effort to win is so good luck coaches and coach on